Welcome to TA1. Everything you wanted to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, welcome to our last episode before I head to Belize in a couple of days. And yes, I have started packing. Can't really finish though because we still got two nights where me and the uh, chili dog can go out for a hike. So, and kind of the first thing I always pack is my pack, throw it in the bottom of the bag. So, um, but most of the, everything is in one place and ready to go, and batteries are mostly charged, and that kind of stuff is ready to go. So, um, it won't take long when the time comes. And I'm kind of ready to leave because it's below zero again tonight. Shouldn't be complaining. It was 55 last Wednesday, and then we had 8, 10, 12 inches of snow, and it's cold, and it'll be warm by the time I leave. So um, maybe a controversial, controversial, maybe some controversy about this week's episode, the dreaded three letters are spoken several times. Um but I think Jeff has an interesting idea, and um, we'll see what people think and how it goes for him. So that's it. Um, best guess is we'll miss next week because I just don't know if I'll have time to get one done. I always say I'll try and do some live episodes or live-ish while I'm down there. So uh, let's see. I don't think it'll happen. But... We'll see. Anyway, um, if not, we'll have lots to talk about when I get back. So until then, go fast, take chances, stay warm, be kind, rewind, and um, just have fun. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hey, Randy. Hey. How you doing? Good, man. Good. I don't have my camera on. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. I have a face for podcasting. No. <laughs> All right. So tell me, it's eighty degrees and nice there. It is uh, seventy and cloudy. Oh well, we've got like four and snow. Four, four and snow. <laughs> yeah. Well. So, but by uh, Sunday it's going to be decent. So I'll live with it, I guess. Are we just talking yeah. about the uh, AC, or are we doing a podcast? We're doing podcast. Oh, okay, cool. So, All right. So we'll uh, we'll get there. So we, you know how I work. We've come it's a long like, ways from. Uh, I guess we were number five on your podcast, and now you're up over to one eighty something. So yeah, it's a uh, it's something. <laughs> that's that's, uh, that's quite a journey so far. You know, it's um. I realize what I really like about it is the fact that um, I'm almost always the dumbest person on the podcast. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't I, say. Your questions are pretty straightforward and, uh, um, you know, they, I think you're easy to uh, to talk to. Well, thank you. But, but you guys are um, – there's some very interesting people in adventure racing. Oh yeah, that yeah. So, all right. So, uh, speaking of interesting people, here's here's my question: What's your favorite movie robot? 
Oh, man. Oh. My favorite movie robot. Yeah. Well, it's not really a robot, but uh, it's a suit. But Iron Man definitely because of his personality, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, would be my favorite kind of suit. But uh, C-3PO um, is definitely – I grew up and, you know, went and saw Star Wars when I was 10 years old. So C-3PO, yeah. his dry humor and his intellectual, um, you know, character really uh, was was a key character for me. I You know, I like him the best. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're gonna go down this road a little ways, but how do you how do you get into the building robot suits things? I don't even know how to quite describe it. <laughs> how do I get it? How did I start, or how how do we yeah. do it? You know, well, well both because oh. well, you know, this is what I've learned after 190 episodes. I get to talk about whatever I want. I guess you can. <laughs> well. Um, I, I, uh, I was chasing a bartender. She was a very, uh, very attractive young girl. And I was, uh, I I was underage at the time and I wasn't able to get into the bar, um, that she worked at. And, uh, she, I went to a costume party that she was at a week before Halloween. She saw my costume and she says, you know, Jeff, you need to come to my bar. They're giving away $500 for first place. And I'm like, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't get in. She's like, well, just wear the costume. They won't, they won't turn you away. It's a cool costume. <laughs> so as long as I covered up my face and my body and everything like that, I went to the front door. They let me in. I won the costume contest. And after the contest was over, the owners of the bar bought my costume for $1,500. And they gave me the $500 prize. And I walked out of there and completely forgot about the bartender. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I kept building costumes from that point on. And uh, that's yeah. how it ended up being. Um, you know, I just always had a niche for for building, um, you know, not a fuzzy furry costume. I always had a niche for building fiberglass costumes and plastic costumes. Yeah. And so robots just fell in line with that. And yeah. uh, I've uh, stuck with it over the years, you know. Yeah. So what was that costume? That costume was a just a big Grim Reaper. It was like a I, I started out in um, building horror costumes to start, you know. So I built Grim Reapers and gargoyles and stuff like that. And um, I was uh, one of the first costume makers for Halloween Horror Nights back, you know, twenty something years ago. Huh. And um, so they didn't have a big budget. Universal did, so we were making all kinds of costumes for them. And uh, I got out of horror and went with robots. Um, after I got beat at a costume contest by a robot, I said, well, that, that I'd like that. That's kind of cool looking. So I started building robots from that point on. Huh. So is it, um, how much easier as it is now than it was however many years ago that was? And we won't say, cause we don't want to date anybody, but oh, no, <laughs> honestly, now I don't work anymore. So I, just well, got well, that's even better, but <laughs> I have a full crew uh, that uh, of employees that know what they're doing. I kind of just come in. I do some emails. I uh, oversee what they're doing. And uh, once a year, I create a new costume. So I get out there and I do that. But uh, ultimately, um, you know, robots all basically run itself now. And, and that gives me more time to work on AR Georgia. And then there's another company that I'm involved in. So um, 
you know, there's just other yeah. things that I do now besides just robots. So. Well, like like all good adventure racers, he seemed to ever have uh, multi multi fingers and multi pies. Correct. <laughs> yeah, is that so. what do you find after all these interviews? What's the main characteristic? Is there is there is it, can you pinpoint it to something or? Um, uh, curiosity. Yeah, and and that just I literally actually did one with Stephen Borkland yesterday, and we got. He put it that way, but and you start to think about it, and that's curiosity about places, people, yourself, um, and and all joking aside, adventure racers just are. I hate to use the word smart, but they um, they are and and interesting. I just yeah, I, I, oh. I love being around. Um, uh, I don't know. It's not risk takers because you guys aren't really risk takers. I don't know. I don't know. I just like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that I, you know, it's almost all of us just love being outdoors. I mean, it's just yeah. like that. That don't like to be caught up in an office and and uh, love to be outside and be a part of nature is is probably the main thing that ever drove yeah. me. It was was that you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I don't. Wow. Like four years ago, I don't remember what we talked about. But what? So we'll just touch on it but how did you how did you become an adventure racer well i was uh i was i went through a divorce and i had to get thin because i was back on the market again and uh, i needed to get fit and thin I, yeah so, uh, there's a there's a theme to your life you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i uh i uh, i started running marathons um with my uh ex-father-in-law and uh he uh um, was getting me into doing longer distances, like, you know, doing ultra marathons and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden my neighbor says, Hey, I found this thing called an adventure race. Do you want to go do it? And I'm like, Oh, okay. What is it? And, uh, I, we, we did some research, which by the way, you know, back 15 years mm. ago was hard to find research on how yes. to do an adventure race. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, so I got some videos on uh, Eco Challenge. You know, I I, I, I saw Eco Challenge before, um, you know, on TV. But I was like, oh, that's just extreme. I don't have the money for that. I don't have the time for that. And uh, so this adventure race happened to be only six hours, and it was right here in Jacksonville. And um, so we got a team together, and uh, we found a guy that was in the military that knew how to look at a compass and navigate. And uh, – we went out in our first race and um, never made it back to the finish line, got dis disqualified. So uh, <laughs> we got lost. Uh, we had a good time, though, and I was upset. So we started uh, finding other ways to be faster and stronger uh, uh, and know what we're doing in adventure racing. So, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So how long ago was that? Well, I think our first race was um, 05, so... Yeah. It's like 12 years. Doesn't seem like it was 12 years ago, does it? No. No, it, it doesn't. It's yeah. definitely 12 years ago, yeah. So, so um, th this is – so there's always two ways with the first adventure race. One is you do great and you're hooked, and the other is like you. Well, we didn't even finish, but let's do this again. What's – What's that? How do you have that mindset that, well, I kind of sucked, but I think I want to do it again? 
Oh, man, I just don't like to fail. I think mm-hmm. a lot of adventure racers, I mean, you know, they don't it, – it, there's there's all types of adventure racers. There's, there's the top ten teams that just are all out great athletes and just trying to win. you got mm-hmm. the middle of the pack that is trying to get a little bit faster, maybe has a permanent job, doesn't have the time to train, and is just out to experience an adventure race. And then the back of the pack is just trying to survive. And so you've got these multi-level, you know, athletes all in the same event, but all of us just don't like to fail. And so the top teams don't want to fail as in losing, and the Mm -hmm. middle of the pack tries to do good and don't want to fail by dropping out. And the back of the pack team just want to just get to a couple of checkpoints and get to the finish, and that's their accomplishment. So no one wants to have a bad race, and... That's what keeps it going. Yeah. How do you um, personally define a good race? Mm. Well, I'm kind. It's well. When I was first starting, I wasn't a race director. Um, A good race to me was one that had uh, great information up front. I knew what I was getting involved in. A beautiful location and a well organized race. That to me. As long as those things are there, yeah, the elements are going to be bad. The you know the terrain may be tough. Uh, you might pop a tire and have to change. You, you know you may lose the race. All those things are out of your control. Yeah. But the 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 organized race really and and of course that's what really drove me to being a race director and opening up AR Georgia was because I wanted to make sure that that all that was done for teams coming into my races so yeah that that's a good race yeah yeah which which is more satisfying putting having a good race as a racer or, or having a good race as a race director oh yeah having a race being a race director definitely yeah. i mean because yeah. uh, i'm 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 making you know 100 people happy um yeah. where a good race for me or for hunter and i is is just for us, and we only have those experiences to ourselves until the next race, where we can sit beside somebody for you know 24 hours and discuss that. But mm. being a race director, when I come back to my office after a big race, and and I get emails, and I get texts, and I get Facebook likes, and I get all kinds of stuff saying, "Oh, it was a great race, and we had a great time, and I can't wait to sign up for the next one." That is fulfilling now. Then. Before you know, just having a great race for myself. Yeah, I, I hear you. I have a um, a shallow need for likes on Facebook. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's kind of funny, but the, when you do something like that, it does feel good when when you know that people like it. Yeah. So, I mean, because let's face it, we're not getting rich doing this, so. Likes are all we get. Well, that's right. You get you get a pat <laughs> yeah. on the back and uh, can't wait for the next one. You know? Yeah. So how long how long did you race before you thought about being a race director? Well, I was. Um, let's see. Um, so Greg Owens at Pangea um, started uh, um, uh, doing adventure races, and he, he him and I worked together on on a format with Ron Eglin 
the kind of the three of us kind of put together a format of what we thought adventure racing should ultimately be mm-hmm. for at least team, you know, races in Florida. Because he was the one of the first ones that said, I'm going to create, this is going to be a business for me. All mm-hmm. the other races that we went to was just, you know, a guy that had maybe an organization of some people that, or, or just a single person just going to put a race together or, or a bunch of buddies getting together to race. But Greg Owens wanted to make a business out of it. So, um, when we developed a format there, I kind of helped him with that. And so then he asked me to design one of his races because he needed somebody up in North Florida to design a course. Well, he had Ron in Central Florida designing courses for him. So I des- I started out as a designer first for Greg. Hey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when... Um, you know, then when uh, Greg asked me to be actually a race director up in Georgia, um, then you know I, I took over the full responsibility. Then, yeah, yeah. Do you were you guys probably one of the first or the first to actually be a business? Yeah, I mean, I think that that Greg was one of the first to to show that you could do twelve races a year. Um, that you could stick with a certain format. We had a huge following in Florida. Um, and, you know, he was making a, a good living off of it. I mean, this is what he mm-hmm. did. He was yeah. in one race and he was out in the woods, just, you know, setting up for the next and dealing with that. And, and he made a, a, a very good, you know, living off of it. And, uh, but, uh, you know, decided that he had had enough and um, he wanted to do something else. So, yeah. yeah. Do you think, um, is is there still room for the mom and pop race director with a one off race a year, or do you think it needs to be businesses nowadays putting on good races? Can a, maybe better? Can a mom and pop still put on a good race? Well, you know, I, I, I'd say that absolutely. I mean, I've been to some, you know, some races where it's just one guy, you know, came up with the idea and his buddies come and help. And, you know, as long as he is very well organized and he actually gets permits to do stuff um, and uh, uh, has the proper insurance. I mean, it's just it, there's so many back of the house things that I've learned yeah. that have to be uh, taken care of mm-hmm. that takes a team of people and it takes a, a business to do it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm good friends with Mark Harris and we have talked, you know, several times about you know, what he had to put together just to pull off worlds. I mean, just yeah. you can imagine what was behind the house on that. <laughs> um, yes, I know. <laughs> so, I yeah. So yeah. the mom and pops um, definitely um, can survive and do well as long as they have all that organization. But the problem is, is that they they have to dip in their own pocket to pull yeah. off a race. And, uh you know, I don't. I, I I take profits from one race and I put it back in the bank and I use those profits to enhance the next race. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have some capital to be able to do that. And a mom and pop and just asking your friends to help out, you know, it won't survive. It, it, I don't no. think it will because it's people get burned out after doing so much work without any type of not talking about riches, but I'm just talking about compensation, you know, after the yeah. race is over. Yeah. So what is um, what is AR Georgia? What are you doing? What do you hope to to do with it? 
And then we're going to get to the elephant in the room. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I had – so Florida Extreme purchased Pangea um, after uh, – I guess it was three years ago now. We purchased um, that. And um, we I decided to leave Florida Extreme because I, I'm going to be moving to Georgia um, uh, at the end of uh, next – actually – about a year from now, but somewhere around February or uh, March of next year. And, um, and you know, when Checkpoint Zero has basically stopped, you know, putting on races in Georgia, and then I was invited to come and take over the Blue Ridge race, um, I just, I just, I just love the area. I love that. Uh, I, I just love, blue, you know, Georgia and all it has to offer. So mm-hmm. I decided to leave Florida Extreme and take my own interests to, um, to Georgia, um, and now we have four races now, and and the idea is once I move up there, um, I'll be partnering with a couple of other people up there to be able to put on more races in Georgia and uh, you know more uh, you know AC races. So yep, <laughs> um, that's the that's yeah. the sort of the goal. Yeah. Okay. What the hell is an AC race? <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, it's not an AC race. It's just an AC. Oh, no, an AC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, it's going to take. It's like uh, learning to to uh, call them adventure enablers. Correct. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Well, you know, um, when we when we talk about a an adventure challenge, is sort of the um, kind of the name that I've chosen um, because of the fact that there are so many main issues that I have with with adventure racing. So adventure racing problems that I've always seen throughout the years of being a race director is, is for one, I talk to a lot of racers. I engage a lot with new teams and Ron is, Ron and I have really done a lot of homework on what new racers think about adventure racing. Mm -hmm. What, what do they, what, how do they find us? You know, you know, how do they hear about us? Um, you know, what do they think about it? And some of the key things are, for one, they believe adventure racing is just way too hard. And um, that's that's the first thing that they have. It's like, there's just no way I can do an adventure race. And so um, that that's, that's bad for adventure racing is that people think that it's just way too hard. And some of the reason is, is because they see stuff like Worlds and Primal Quest and eco challenge and all this they're like there's no way I can do that they have no idea that there's a teams of our companies have developed sport races and family races and other types of races that are not really an adventure race that what you see or hear about it's for um, this beginner racer mm-hmm. so that that in, in in case has made me think about changing the name from a race to a challenge instead of that. Um, one of the other issues is that um, people have a fear of getting lost. So I talked yeah. to a lot of women that want to get into adventure racing, and the first thing that comes out of their mouth, mouth is, you know, I don't know how to navigate. I have to find a navigator. How many times have I heard that? I have to yeah. find a navigator because – I want to race, but I don't know how to navigate. I got to find a navigator. And that's not that's not necessarily true. It's, it's pretty straightforward to learn how to navigate. Um, yeah. But that's a fear in mm-hmm. adventure racing. The races are too long, so they only see the media 
that we push for big races. So they think yeah. that there is only one type of race, and that's a really long race. Um, the um, It's too much gear. You know, when you mm. – a lot of race directors and, and a lot of the expedition races and so forth, there's so much gear that it's cheaper just to buy a set of golf clubs and go out and golf instead of trying to adventure <laughs> race. Yeah. So um, that's another, you know, reason why uh, new teams stay away. Um, they also believe that we're all just super athletes, that there's just no way that they're going to be able to compete against all of us major, you know, uh, super endurance athletes, which yeah. that's not true. There are all types of athletes in adventure racing, but that's what they think. Um, and then, of course, some of them don't have time to train. They don't know where to train. They don't even know how to train for an adventure yeah. race because there's not a lot of information out there that is relatively available for yeah. new teams. And, mm -hmm. you know, the adventure racing world has been set on, you know, enhancing their own races and developing bigger and better races, ignoring the fact that if you want to grow the sport, we have to get all the new teams in. We've got to get new people into it. And then once they're in it, we can't scare them away. We can't yeah. brutalize them and just make an absolutely incredibly hard race that they just don't have any fun whatsoever, and they spent $3,000 to get to the race. So that ties into what I call a category of adventure challenge. An adventure challenge is going to be basically uh, the main goal is to pull in new racers and educate mm -hmm. them and keep them so that they can move on to a actual adventure race. So um, they come into an adventure challenge and they're going to be able to use cell phone apps um, and they're going to be able to use GPS devices um, during the race as they're still looking at a pre-plotted, no UTM coordinates to have be required to do, um, pre-plotted map. So they'll start out with the same aspect of some of our shorter races is that it's a pre-plotted map with all the checkpoints on it. Okay? Okay. Yep. On that, I will give them a supplemental <clears throat> map which will have all the – um, the UTM and uh, DMS coordinates, both of those on for each checkpoint. So that they can put those in their app or they can put them in their GPS device prior to the race. Okay. So the, the idea behind being able to use technology in an adventure challenge is to basically just give them a little bit of a safety net, give them a little bit of more confidence in knowing that they still need to primarily look at the map and but using that GPS or that that app to be able to pinpoint exactly where they are. That's the biggest thing in adventure racing is that we get lost because we don't know where we are. Yeah. yeah. Um, are you sure you're on the right ridge? I don't know. Are you in the right reentry? I don't know. There's no way to physically check during an, an yeah. adventure race because you're it's it that's you know you can't use can't use phones and you can't use GPS. Yeah. So. This is just adding that new element to um, an adventure challenge is being able to allow them to, to, to use it in conjunction with maps is to be able to use this technology. Um, I'm going to keep the distances really low. I'm doing a three and six hour race and 
again, I've had people say, oh, there's no way I could go out for, for three hours. And then I have to educate them on the fact that, listen, you're not going all out like a yeah. marathon for three hours just sprinting. And you have lots of time to rest and sit and, and think about the next discipline. And, and, you know, canoeing is, is, is not as strenuous as mountain biking or running. So don't think of it as three hours all out. It really isn't. Um, we don't go all out for, you know, three, seven days, you know. No. <laughs> so they, they have this fear as well. A marathon takes three hours or four hours to run. Um, you know, they, they, they tie that into an adventure race. It's like, oh, my gosh, that's just the extreme. No, it's not. I'm trying to create the 5K of adventure racing. Okay. So yeah. an adventure challenge is going to be like your intro, your 5K. You're not going to go out and do a marathon right away. Um, mm -hmm. so that's sort of what I'm doing is trying to keep the distances low, keep it three to six hours. They have, a, you know, an opportunity to pick which one. Um, one of the key things is a really good location. Um, and try to stay within a state park or a local park that has both canoeing, paddling and, and, uh, uh has mountain bike trails, has even paved trails would be nice. Um, and then some good trekking areas. Nothing like uh, a wildlife management area where you there's no really good maps. People can't really visit the area to go train. Um, so I picked Fort Yargo because I've raced there before, and it is all-inclusive. It's all in this one area, all three disciplines. Great mm -hmm. picnic tables, great pavilion. The lake is beautiful, all right there. People know the park. There's already printed maps for that park, probably, you know, 10 different maps. People can go there prior to the race and train and run around on those trails um, and not get lost. So an adventure challenge is going to be – the key piece is going to be definitely location. Um, and then, like, again, with that location, all the disciplines are all at the same TA. I'm not going to have any remote TAs. I'm not going to have any um, portaging or having to move equipment around. It is basically an AR triathlon, you know, or an Xterra yeah. with maps. Um, you never go to an Xterra race. They put your bikes, you know, four miles down the road. Um, yeah. It's all in the same location. Um, I'm going to be providing clinics and courses to train and help the new teams. And again, this is sort of this is this is the first. Adventure challenge I've ever done, so I'm going to be learning from this. Um, and yeah. so the idea is to have some clinics. Um, other key elements that that I want is awards for every, all the finishers. Where normally we just give awards for winners, um, mm -hmm. just like finishing a, a 5K or a marathon or something like that. You pretty much get a medal as you come across the finish line, and I want to keep that format going. Now that's an expense, but I think it's a well worth expense. That they they leave there knowing that they completed this challenge. Um, definitely an easier course. The CPs are going to be located on the trails, um, so as long as they're on the right trail or at the right trail intersection, they're going to find that CP. Um, since it's in a state park, I have sort of like security over somebody stealing my CPs, um, and that way I can put them right on the trails. There's no need for bushwhacking. Um, I want to keep it – again, I'm trying to keep it simple. Yeah. Um, I'm keeping the gear list simple. I'm keeping it 
pretty straightforward bladder, compass, um, some food, a knife, um, and a, back, a backpack. That's it. Um, again, the goal is to just to push, bring people in, educate them, train them, and then push them to an adventure race. <laughs> well, I like I like the idea. Um, all right, I have questions though. Okay. Who? Um, who's who's your market? Who are you going after for this? Right now, our our target marketing is um, we're using Facebook and we're targeting people who are um, tough mutters. Um, mm-hmm. If you have an interest in mountain biking, if you have an interest in tough mutters, uh, Spartan races, um, family races, there's actually categories for that. Um, so we're we're targeting that. As well as we're doing all of our um, uh, poster flyers and so forth, they're going to again bike shops, REIs, um, trail runners. We're marketing straight to trail runners because we we see that sometimes when a new race race team comes in, they usually only have they're only strong in one discipline. They're either oh we're we're mountain bikers and we happen mm-hmm. to see this thing called an adventure challenge or adventure race. We're going to go try it, but we have we've never paddled, and yeah. we've never navigated. Mm-hmm. Or I've got a triathlete that comes in that's done tons of exteris, but they've never paddled and they've never yeah. navigated. So there's yeah. something missing, but they come in with some sort of strength, and we're targeting the people really that have never heard of adventure racing or adventure challenge. That's who our target market is. Yeah. Well, let's face it. There's a lot of adventure racers that don't paddle and don't know how to navigate. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. When's the last time you paddled? Well, I don't know. When's the last time I raced? <laughs> but, yeah, that, that's it. I yeah. live in Florida and I don't even paddle. Yeah. So um, when's the first race and what kind of uh, response are you getting? Um, so right now, it it um, the race is set for April the 7th at Fort Yargo State Park and uh, right outside of Atlanta, Georgia. And um, again, my venture challenge is, is targeting a new group. So I'm, I try to get as close to Atlanta as possible and not be an yeah. hour and a half north all the way up in Blue Ridge, Georgia. Because again, these weekend warriors just want to come in, do a three to six hour workout and be home for dinner that night. So yeah. um, I've, I've targeted that location. And right now um, I've had several people want to sign up. Um, uh, I actually had two teams sign up for the cauldron, which was uh, two weekends ago. That came and did the eight hour. Then that was their first race, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Well, we saw the adventure challenge, but we wanted to race right away." <laughs> and uh, so I really had to help those two teams and uh, get them through the cauldron, and uh, and then now they're kind of using AC um, the uh, the. Uh, Atlanta um, Adventure Challenge as a kind of a training for the Blue Ridge. So that's where I find that most of the people are signing up now are coming to do the AAC first because it's a month before Blue Ridge. So they're coming to learn so that they can then sign up for the eight-hour Blue Ridge race. Yeah. So Well, yeah, I guess – you don't have to use a GPS or your phone. You you can do it as a real adventure 
unquote unquote race for training, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and a lot of, I've gotten some emails about a lot of solo racers can't get their whole team together, but they want to try to push their own limits on how mm-hmm. fast they can do something. So yeah. I'm, I, I gather to say that I'm going to have probably, you know, five to eight teams that are really there that are seriously trying to go super fast, as fast as they mm-hmm. can blast through this, like a Xterra. And then the rest of everybody else is going to be all of my new teams. Yeah. Do you um, have any mentors that like might be on course during the race and, you know, like kind of casually, like look over there a little bit? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I think that I've given them enough with uh, okay. an easy course, pre-plotted maps, and you get to use your phones and GPS. I, I'm pretty, I'm hoping that, there won't be any issues. And, like, again, that park is so well known that yeah. the teams that have already signed up, they live within a 50-mile radius of that park. So, so um, and you can go online and look at every single trail's detail. And yeah. unless they – and you can't really go off map. You go off map, you're going to go out of the park, and you're going to hit a fence. And then you're going to yeah. see traffic in Atlanta. So you pretty much are tight. It's a tight circle there. You can't really get lost yeah, and from what I understand, if you get in that Atlantic traffic, you'll never get back to the start line. Correct. <laughs> Is it hard to make um, an AC course? Does the adventure racer and you want to like, yeah, but if this checkpoint was like 15 yards over there on top of this rock, it'd be really cool. Yeah. I you mean, have to fight that a little bit? I, I, I did. I, yeah. I, I look off to the left and I, and I, and I see a, a good area. I see there's a, an old, um, you know, set of ruins that are about, you know, 80 to 100 meters off the trail. And, uh, I'm like, oh, that would be really cool. But I'm trying to set this as a completely different type of challenge and not mm-hmm. a race so that they if you really want to you know me to be brutal to you come do the 24 hours of blue ridge yeah okay yeah that's 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 the goal so i'm trying all right you you go into an adventure race in the past was you have it was a roll of the dice i had no mm-hmm. idea what i was getting into i didn't know what to expect but if yeah. I go to an AC, I'm going to expect a certain amount of of uh, guidelines and rules based around that challenge. If I go to a sport race, an eight-hour sport race, I'm going to expect a certain amount of challenge. If I sign up for a three-day cowboy tough, well, I'm exp- I know what to expect. <laughs> yeah. And then I expect. Yeah. Get stuff I don't even know was going to happen. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to break it up into categories so that the racer, the new racer, knows what they're getting involved in. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta cater to the new people because otherwise we won't have any new people. Um, oh, how and, do you? Yeah. And Randy, how do you? Um, even oh, go, it's not just the new racer too. Um, yeah. Um, it's also the young racer. Yeah. There are, we're doing a race this weekend. I'm taking two of my neighbor's kids that have been begging to do an adventure race and they, they, they love following Hunter. 
and they're nine and eleven, and we're getting yeah. ready to go do a race this weekend, introducing them into adventure racing. And there are so many more ch- kids that are in adventure racing uh, now than ever before. I mean, when when we first started, there were no kids in adventure racing, yeah. and so um, you know, an adventure challenge is perfect for um, kids as well. So yeah, well, I, yeah, I suppose in a park like that, you could actually even just like set them free and they'll probably come back. <laughs> yeah, well we've got um we've got one team that's a boy scout team. So when they signed up and called me, um well that just hit me yeah. right off the bat like oh my gosh, I need to market to boy scouts. Yeah. So yeah. Boy scouts, girl scouts, cub scouts, any of that uh, that's that's great because usually those parents are active as well. They're pretty they're they love the outdoors as well and I want to get families involved, so Yeah. How can you do anything? How are you going to do the finish? Because you know how finishes at adventure races are pretty boring. Yeah. Or in a, I suppose in a three-hour race it's pretty steady, but even in a six-hour they're going to get spread out. Can how how can or can you make it exciting at the finish line? Well, I was going to have a robot at the end, and you're able to take pictures with a robot, and the robot cheers you on as you come in. But uh, you know. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You know, there's it, it, adventure racing, you know, the the coming in at the finish is is sometimes a great thing. And then sometimes there's one guy, you know, standing there yeah. with a headlamp on and at three in the yeah. morning going, you know, hey, you know, mm-hmm. good job, guys. Um, you know, awards are tomorrow, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it, it it's. I try to design the course again as a Rogaine format so that there are a lot more checkpoints out there than the fastest team could ever get. So okay. I'm trying to keep people out on the course so that is everyone's coming in within the last 20 or 30 minutes of the race. They're all coming in together. Yeah. And I think that an adventure challenge is going to have um, a lot more family there supporting their um, their loved ones that are out racing. I think that the finish is going to be more of a big group setting of family members cheering their families members on. So um, if I can accomplish that, it'll be like finishing a marathon with all the crowd there. And, and that's yeah. that's exciting. And hopefully that's how it ends up being. Um, and because – if, if a family member came, they don't mind sitting around or walking around a park for three hours while you're racing. Uh, yeah. It, but three days? No, no. No. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, the road game style, everybody, everybody's going to try and finish right around six hours. So, yep. yeah, you'll have that excitement, hopefully. Yeah, the mad yeah, rush. It'll, yeah. Um, what has been, and I don't think it's been much, the pushback the the internet what did the internet have to say about the adventure challenge well right now the, i haven't really had much feedback um because i just uh, basically announced it you know january yeah. there um and i'm just it's just the curiosity so i'm yeah. getting a lot of emails about curiosity about answering different questions and i'm trying to put a database together of all these different questions because these are people that are interested in adventure racing and Mm -hmm. they've never done anything like this before 
So their questions are some of the key things that I had talked about in the beginning about, you know, is it how much gear, how hard is it, you know, how fast do I have to go? You know, th- those, those types of things. I'm, I'm trying to put a database together so that I have more information on the website yeah. so that when people go to the website, they get all the information all in one shot. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, I think not calling it an adventure race was maybe one of the smartest things you did because you're not getting that blowback. It's not an adventure race. You got GPS. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wasn't no. going to be able to call it a, an adventure race if I had allowing GPS and, and yeah. uh, apps. So I went with Adventure Challenge. Plus, I wanted to keep the word race out of it. Because yeah. that intent, that, that, uh, they don't, you don't call it a, a, a 3.1 mile run or race, do you? No, you call it a 5K. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, I, I wanted to drop that race because that, again, that people think, oh, it's just nothing but a bunch of, uh, you know, endurance athletes going at it and I'm going to get pushed down and I'm going to get, you know, pushed over on my bike as I'm biking on the trails and they're going to, you know, be, ang- you know, be uh, angry with me. And I don't want that. I want it to be, this is a challenge. And again, at the start of the race, teams can choose whatever they want to do. They don't have mm-hmm. to follow a format. They can go run first. They can go bike first. Mm-hmm. They can go paddle first. They can do whatever they want. They can come back. They can go do a couple of paddle, paddle points, come back, go for a run, go for the bike, come back, feel they, they have more time. They can go right back mm-hmm. into the boat if they want and go out and get mm-hmm. more. It's just all laid out, ready for them to go, three hours, six hours, go get whatever you can. Yeah. Come back. I like I like it. I don't know what that's worth, but I like it. Yeah. So <laughs> um, on a more general philosophical shoot the moon question, what what would you describe a success for adventure racing in ten years? Wow. Um, success. A governing body that enforces an AR format for every race. If you're going to call yourself an adventure race, um, you need to stay within a guided format and with provisions if you want to add different things. But if Adventure racing as a whole could stay on the same format. We all agree to the same format. And there's a governing body that says if you're going to be part of this organization and you're going to have an adventure race, you have to follow these guidelines. Um, mm. It's set in almost every sport. You know, yeah. ba- you go to a baseball game, there, there's no really no changes. It's That's a format. Football yeah. game, they change their format all the time. But they all agree and – that format stays each year, this is the format we're going to stick with. And that has been successful in all types of sports and also businesses. But we're all over the place in, in, yeah. in AR. We're all over the map. and But we've gotten better. I mean, definitely gotten a lot better because race directors have been able to get together and talk about certain things. We've seen success from other races, seen failures of other races. And... Um, you know, I, I think that's that's a good place for AR in ten years. Is that if we can have that those two things? Yeah. Okay. All right. 
we're we're getting done here because technology being the wonderful thing it is. I have friends truck racing in California. Yep. Which is going to be online and Friends running coast to coast, which is online. Wow. Yeah, that's <laughs> so crazy. I'm going to get tired of talking to you. I'm going to watch them while I work today. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just talk to me. What What do you remember about um, Cowboy Tough? What, you mean the, the worlds or Cowboy yeah. Tough? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, worlds. What's, what do you, when somebody says, oh, you went and did that race in Wyoming, what do you tell them? Well, I, I I tell them that um, you know it was definitely a uh, a long race, and um, I I I tell them that it's amazing to see the teams, the front teams, blow through these big sections uh, with such ease and speed, and I'm in the back struggling to get over a rock. You know, <laughs> um, I, you know, I it I just tell them that it was it's an amazing. Uh, adventure that you can't, you can't, uh, you can't erase. It's always going to be yeah. in your mind. You're always going to talk about it. Every race since then, we need something to talk about. We talk about worlds. Oh, do you remember what we did in worlds? Do you remember that yeah. that forty mile trek with not one CP? Wasn't that awesome? Mm-hmm. You know. So, um, yeah. You know, those are the things we talk about. If if yeah. that's what makes. Adventure racing is so amazing is that we come away with some amazing stories. We come away with, you know, some bad stories, some but most of them are great, and we talk yeah. about them, and they're funny. Even the even the bad stories are funny as can be when you talk about it, you know, months later. Yeah. So. And how many times since then have you wanted a walk-in freezer to <laughs> jump in? <laughs> <laughs> that was – we were on a huge, long – hot bike section there you know really hot on the yeah. road and we got to this uh that convenience store and uh that was you know that was just that's like a gift you know it was perfect yeah. and and we to cool off go in the go in the freezer right you know that's adventure racing right there what other sport <laughs> will you go sit in the uh, walk-in freezer to cool off <laughs> no none none, <laughs> none. No. um so what are your are you? What are your races this year? What do you got planned? Uh, well, we got um, uh, once I get through with my stuff, I got Untamed New England. I'm going to go out and go do the Journey race out in Colorado. Um, cool. I'm going to um, where and then kind of there. I'm just kind of I'm kind of uh, just following what Hunter wants to do. Um, yeah. Hunter is racing with other teams now, and uh, but I've got to take them. So if yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to race myself. So um, I'm kind of back with uh, some of the old guys uh, yeah. that I used to race with before Hunter, and yeah. um, I'm kind of just playing it by ear. I want I want to do more races, but I also want to race direct. So, so yeah. So who are you racing Untamed with? Uh, so I'm racing with um, Tom, Tom Ambrose, uh, Jenny, um, and Hunter is now coming on because Chip has yeah. got to go to Asia. So Hunter's going to be racing yeah. with us. Yeah. That'll be a good team. I haven't seen Tom for ages, so that'll be nice. Yeah, Tom just so. won the uh, Cauldron, and um, so. him and Chip and uh, um, oh gosh, I forgot who he was racing with. They pushed really, really hard to stay up with the top teams, and uh, it just so happens that at the end they they pulled away and, and won it. So uh, Tom is in great shape. 
Jenny's in excellent shape. So um, we're excited about Untamed because I haven't done that since uh, it's been about four years since I did Untamed. Yeah, that should be. We all know what that will be. You'll be cursing Grant at least once, but that's the fun of it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, all right. Well, cool. So. I guess I should probably go to work. Yep. Got a dog that wants to go out and banyo, and um, so I'll see you in July. All right. Thanks again, Randy. Thanks. Good. It's fun. Right. Bye. Bye.